Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. As always, I'm joined today by Frank Madden. And Frank, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and we are trying to record a podcast quickly before we go have fun and watch the Super Bowl. So let's do it. The Bucks, uh, the Bucks over the weekend had two games: one on Friday, one on Saturday. Friday they lose in Denver 121 to 117. They were down by 22 in the first half. Uh, maybe more. I'm trying to think how how bad it got, but they were down by a lot in the first half. Come back and have a chance in the second half, but ultimately don't win the game. But Saturday they made up for it and everything is better. The world is fixed. The Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns 137-112. Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's not. It's uh, well, hey, you know, um, a- any win is a good win for the Milwaukee Bucks right now. And uh, we saw some of the fingerprints of, of recent issues in that they had one quarter where they just absolutely got smoked. That was the, uh, the second quarter uh, against Devin Booker, who didn't make a shot in the third, fourth, or first quarters, but went absolutely nuts in the second quarter. Scoring what twenty seven points, twenty five points in the second quarter alone. Yeah. Um, Phoenix down twenty after one quarter. Um, the Bucks didn't give up thirty points in the first quarter. Hey, that's, that's a, a that's win. a new one. That's a win. Forty five, forty five to twenty five, best quarter of the season for the Bucks um, in the first. But then they give up forty one in the second, only eight point lead, but um, a season high seventy four in the first half. But kind of felt like man, they should be winning this game even by an even bigger margin, especially after. Giannis just kind of went nuts and um, was kind of just physically dominating <laughs> anybody the Suns threw at them. So, but you know, big picture, I mean, you know, what was this? The the most points the Bucks have scored in thirteen years or something like that. Yeah, uh, so. one hundred thirty-seven. Um, again, you know, is this Bucks team going to go very far? Just sort of outscoring teams? Eh, maybe not, but um, you know, you look at where they stand right now. They have the tenth best offense in the league. The twentieth worst or the 20th best slash 10th worst or i guess 11th worst defense in the league so um so yeah i I don't know i mean it's uh it's more of the same kind of but i guess they were more competitive over the weekend and showed some you know showed some spunk against the nuggets coming back kind of like they did against the celtics a week earlier and unfortunately just kind of couldn't couldn't come up with it in the end um just couldn't make enough plays late in the game but um i think part of the the good news was and realistically my, my my mindset has shifted. So my mindset right now is, okay, all right, Bucks. This is what I want from you. I'm I'm not gonna expect you to play good defense because I'm I'm just I'm just waving that off at this point. I want you to be competitive. I want Giannis and Jabari to play well. I want Giannis and Jabari to not look miserable. I want Thon Maker to get some minutes. And with Chris Middleton coming back, I'm gonna want Chris Middleton to not get hurt. That that's basically my only my only requirement. Just not be depressing. Stay healthy. Have the young guys play well. 
we'll let the chip cards, cards let the chips fall where they may. Um, and and I don't know. So what, what about you? What what's your takeaway from the weekend? Feeling feeling better, I assume, as opposed to to worse after another five game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly enjoy seeing the Bucks win games. That's a good thing. Um, and and from our friend Justin Garcia over at WTMJ, uh, one hundred thirty seven points for the Bucks, the most on the road since nineteen seventy nine, uh, and it's also the most points scored since uh 2003 against golden state that was 138 um in that one so you were right on the 13 years 14 years whatever it was um it's been a while since the bucks have scored that many points and yeah um as far as expectations i i think i said it on twitter over the weekend um but i think that was the biggest thing about this five game losing streak was it, it wasn't just seeing the bucks play poorly it was seeing the Bucks play poorly and seeing various games where Giannis or Jabari played one of the worst games they've played and generally didn't look super happy, didn't look like themselves, didn't didn't look didn't look like the people that we thought they could be. And uh that was the thing to me that was just so jarring was seeing those two not play as well. So it Again, if you look at the schedule, uh, they have the Heat coming in who have somehow impossibly won 10 straight games uh, on Wednesday, and then they have the Lakers after. So before you would have said, okay, Phoenix, Miami, L.A., those are three get-right games. You you get a week to kind of get right after losing, uh, what is that, 10 of 12? So you, you get a chance here to try to get back. To, I don't even know where you, where you're trying to get back to, but just trying to get right. And those three games kind of would have been perfect. Maybe the Miami game is tougher, but I do still kind of see this week as a week to get right and a week to figure some things out. So, um, yeah, it. I guess along those lines, um, we'll we'll talk about Chris Middleton going forward. We have a couple days here because we don't have a game until Wednesday. Um, I guess other things that stood out to you um, this weekend, obviously Giannis in this last game going for 30 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, four blocks, and a plus 34. That that obviously has to stand out as well. But at the same time, in Denver, he kind of gets benched in that third quarter. Um, What did did you think of that in Denver? Did you think it was the right move? Were you surprised, shocked, anything of that sort? Uh, I was ready to... You know, I, I, I did not I was not tweeting that actively during that game because I was sort of catching up and then watching and not really doing much else um, during that game. And I was when he went to the bench, I think it was right after he, he hit a bucket. And, you know, he had I mean, it's not like Giannis was not the Bucks' best player up until that point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was like pretty weird that he was going to the bench so early and I, I don't. I don't know if there was like some triggering event. I don't know if he did something wrong. I, I honestly wasn't wasn't aware of it, and I didn't see any suggestions when I was trying to catch up later um, if he did something wrong or, or what. But um, you know, surprisingly, that suddenly seemed to, to kind of give the Bucks a jolt. Michael Beasley came in, and you know, I think the big thing for me though in that second half was Jabari Parker just sort of <laughs> basically saying like you know, screw it. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to give a shit about anything else. Uh, you know, all this crap that's happened in the past couple of weeks, whatever. I'm just going to ball. I'm just going to go at guys. 
Um, I'm going to stop worrying in the second half. Yeah. Uh, and he just went at Kenneth Reed. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen Jabari Parker smile so much after buckets <laughs> as in the second half of that game. He was trash talking Kenneth Fareed. Yeah. Um, just kind of playing like free and loose. And, you know, he, he hit some threes. And then later in the game, he missed a couple threes um, when the Bucks, you know, maybe not were, were right there. Um, they got to within one, but just sort of, you know, again, kind of couldn't couldn't make enough plays late. But, um, you know, Jabari with with, uh, you know, a big stat line in that game, uh, another double double. I think he's had. Has he had like three double doubles in the last couple of weeks, something like that? I mean, he's, I know he's had two for sure, and that yeah. those are the only ones he's had this season, double double wise. Yeah. So I mean, I think just seeing him, um, maybe making his felt his presence felt more on the defensive boards as well. Um, he had nine nine boards in 31 minutes against the Suns, seven out of 10, 18 points. So not a big kind of final stat line, but um, you know, played. Played very well. I mean, had some just monster dunks, like when <laughs> that dunk he had in the third quarter. When, oh my god! Uh, I think it was I think it was PJ Tucker yeah. made what uh, what Eric Name would call would be a business decision. That <laughs> um, was a business Jab- decision, no Jabari doubt about com- that. Jabari coming down the right side, and um, he had Giannis kind of coming in the middle, and I thought he was going to dump it off for him, but he just looked at PJ Tucker, and <laughs> PJ Tucker was just like, "Nope," and uh, and Jabari just went up and and threw down a monster dunk. So. Um, so definitely a positive thing to see Jabari, uh, you know, kind of flexing his muscles again a little bit in these last couple of games, playing maybe a little bit freer than than he has. And um, and, you know, obviously when you score 137 points, a lot of guys start to look right. Um, you know, it was great to see Mirza Kaladovich get off early against his former team in Phoenix, uh, ended up with 19 points on 10 shots, um, three boards, three assists, plus 27. Uh, Brogdon was 13 and eight assists, uh, plus 28. Monroe, 13 three steals a block plus 24 and uh and of course Giannis was was the big guy uh interestingly the starters didn't have great didn't have great plus minus numbers um probably because they were on the court when when Booker went off in the second quarter but Giannis Giannis was a plus 34 which was nice because uh as I've mentioned uh his plus minus numbers have not been so great of late over the past month month and you know six weeks or so so it was nice to see him uh making a clear big impact and um, you know, it felt kind of cathartic to, to get that kind of blowout win after obviously a, a lot of struggles of late. It's funny that you mentioned Jabari smiling and trash talking. Uh, I was watching the game with a few friends and my one friend was furious because they were getting, I mean, for, I mean, the f- whole first half, they're getting killed. And he's just like, why is he smiling so much? I've never seen Jabari Parker smile. And now they're getting killed in this game and he's smiling nonstop. And I was like, I, you know what? I don't really, I don't even care what the score is like that. The fact that Jabari is smiling, talking trash, being, being what you always in your mind kind of hope Jabari will be aggressive, attacking, uh, just relentless. And you kind of hope for all those things when, when he's struggling and even when he's going well, you're, you're wanting more and more of that. So I, I was like, dude, honestly, I, I don't care that they're losing and he's smiling <laughs> that that does not affect me at all. I'm just happy that he is smiling and, and he is attacking like that. And yeah, that was, I mean, you don't want to say like, Oh, they're over the hump. Cause they did that against Houston and then they lost five straight against some mediocre competition. Uh, so I, you don't want to say, Hey, they've got it figured out, but kind of having that second half and then having that first quarter and then, being able to hold off the Suns for as long as they did that whole game, that uh, I mean that that kind of makes you makes you feel better about the team. But like you said, 
we should probably stop thinking they're they're a great team that we can kiss kiss goodbye to any of the the top four seeds in the east but i mean i don't i don't think i i'm really changing i, I said a while ago when i guess when the bucks first started winning games and looking like a good basketball team i said i want lebron and the Cavs, and you know what i still want lebron and the Cavs. i think getting anybody in the playoffs would be a positive thing i think they're um, their playoff likelihood dipped below 30% on 538 um, over the weekend before the game against the Suns. And I, last I checked, I didn't see it after the Suns game. I imagine it didn't change much given um, obviously Phoenix has struggled. But uh, I think their projection was like at 36 wins or something like that. So, uh, And again, there's another tougher West Road trip, road trip to come um, after the All-Star break. Uh, and, you know, again, you look at their, their home road splits. Um, obviously, it began to equalize a little bit with a three-game trip. But... Uh, you know, again, this is a team that is not going to have uh, a cakewalk here in the second half, no matter no matter what happens. And um, I think we'll talk we'll talk a bit more about Chris Middleton coming back and what that means. He confirmed on the broadcast. Uh, what was it? Friday, I guess. Yep. Uh, Denver confirmed to Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson that that he was targeting a return on Wednesday against Miami. And um, it was funny because I, I look back and, uh, you know, people might remember a couple of years ago, the Bucks had I think it was a six game losing streak and. Um, you know, Chris Middleton had that incredible uh, game winner against the Heat after some improbable plays from Jared Bayless and Zaza to to basically give him a chance. And they snapped a six game streak with Middleton hitting a game winning three and almost was a six game losing streak uh, going into that game mm. uh, again, if not for the win last night. So um, obviously very different circumstances. But, you know, similar to that time, you know, that was a team um, that was in the playoff hunt ultimately. Um, you know, finished, uh, you know, just under 500. Obviously, I think with this team, if they could claw to 40 wins, you would consider that a success. But just such a weird season given um, Charlotte and Chicago have been so bad, especially Charlotte's struggles really surprised me, um, mainly because I just think of Steve Clifford mm-hmm. so highly. Um, so the, the fact that they have just been losing games left and right, and I think they're, what, only a half game up on the Bucks, and um, the Pistons are also sort of right there. Um, and it just seems like that that seven and eight uh, seeds in the East are just, you know, nobody wants them, basically. And everybody just keeps losing. So the Bucks, you know, they're a few games out of, you know, having a, a, a shot at the a pick in the top half of the lottery or they're, you know, a game out of being, you know, whatever it is, seventh or eighth in the East. So just such a weird season. And I can certainly, uh, you know, I've, I've been checking both the, the stand, the playoff standings and the, the lottery standings regularly. Cause it seems game to game. You Bucks got the know. Bucks fans working hard this year. You, you got to yeah. check multiple websites. You got to really try to figure out which one you should be looking at, man. They're, they're making it difficult the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And that, you know, again, I take no pleasure in that. Um, but, <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it is just a strange, just a strange situation to be in, obviously, with um, with the East being the way it is. It's kind of similar now to the to the West, where the eighth spot in the West is so much worse than the seventh spot. Um, it's a little bit looser in the East, I think. Not quite as dramatic a drop off from the the seventh to eighth spots and and everything. But um, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks, no matter how hard they've tried to basically knock themselves uh, out of the playoff race, um, you know, with with the number <laughs> of games that there are left, there are thirty or so games left, thirty two games left. Um, you know, the, the East will not let them fall out of the, the playoff seating. And um, obviously a lot of it, you know, to be honest, a lot of it, I was, when I was watching the games on the weekend, um, you know, you put aside the, the, the tanking versus playoff stuff and you just look at, 
you know, these guys as, as human beings and as obviously players that we root for. And, uh, you know, you kind of live and die with these guys. And, um, you know, just for Giannis and Jabari and some of the young players in particular, um, you know, you just feel bad, like watching these guys lose game after game after game and uh, close games like the one in Denver. They just cannot get over the hump. So, um, you know, again, whatever, they're, they're millionaire athletes. So I don't feel bad in the grand scheme of the universe <laughs> for them. But um, especially given the pressure and, and a lot of the criticism that they've been getting, um, you know, understandably for, for a while now, um, you know, it, it is it is nice sort of from a, a, a just a human standpoint to see those guys get a win and, um, you know, finish off a road trip um, with something positive. And, uh, you know, I think now have a few days off. And again, we'll see. We'll see if they can bring it against a Heat team that has obviously been uh, playing way above their heads and. Um, maybe, maybe not for the How benefit. How dare of the- you talk about Deion Waiters like that? That <laughs> it, this is Deion. What this is the new Deion. I mean, this has always been Deion Waiters. He's just getting a chance to show it now. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> it's not for the for the ultimate benefit of the uh, Heat franchise in terms of uh, this this draft. But no. um, but obviously you you can't say anything but positive things about Eric Spolstra, and um, we will we will see if the Bucks can can maybe uh, bring the Heat back down to earth given uh, the long winning streak they've been on, sort of contrary to to all common sense suggesting they should, what what they should be in. I, I heart Spo. He's he's the best. Um, that. Way underappreciated. He's a great coach. Um, let's go to, uh, I guess, one more topic we'll try to fit in here before we both try to get our move on here. John Henson is untradeable now, right? Because, uh, I, I mean, good. I mean he, he comes well. in uh, against Denver, 16 points, five rebounds, four blocks. Uh, and then Phoenix, 15 points, seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. I don't know why everyone wants to trade him so bad because he looks great. Um, and if anyone would happen to be listening, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I mentioned on Friday to some people on Twitter that I think the idea of showcasing someone for a trade died for me when Miles Plumley got traded earlier this week and the Bucks didn't have to add picks and could literally just move on from him to the Charlotte Hornets because at that point to me – that just means if a team likes a guy, they like a guy. They, they, it doesn't matter what they see. It doesn't matter how well that guy's played. It doesn't matter how much that guy's been playing lately because Plumlee had been picking up DNPs. He, he was ineffective this entire season pretty much. So I don't know what the, what the Hornets could have seen this year that made them think, you know what, that's a guy we need. Other than, oh, over the offseason, we like this guy and we would have liked to sign him but didn't have the money or it didn't work out or whatever it may be. So I, I don't think I, a lot of people want to talk to me on Twitter and like, oh, this must be them showcasing Henson and they're working on a deal. And in my mind, well, I don't think they're working any harder or nothing has changed from before. Like if they wanted to move Henson before, they just need someone to like him enough to trade for him. And and, and I think that's kind of what you saw with Plumlee, that with Henson and Monroe, I'm sure they're trying to move them because they've not so secretly been trying to move. Uh, certainly Monroe, and there's always been whispers of Henson. So I, I don't think anything really changes. I don't think this is a showcase for John Henson. I just think, you know what, this is how it works out, and John Henson is playing well right now. So that doesn't make him any more or less attractive to teams. He's still John Henson, and if someone wants to trade for John Henson, they're going to trade for John Henson. I think the interesting dynamic here, and we obviously had been, I had been not so subtly sort of talking about trading Henson because I didn't think you'd be able to trade Plumlee without taking back some bad salary. And obviously, you know, kudos to the Bucks for figuring out a way to move the what I would argue is the lesser asset as much as I 
think Plumlee may have made more sense um, just from an on-court perspective with, with Giannis and Jabari being that kind of rim runner um, than Henson. I think, you know, again, the age factor, um, Henson having maybe a little bit more of a clearly defined defensive skill versus Plumlee, who's always been kind of like, eh, you should be better <laughs> defensively than you are. Um, so it is an interesting situation. And I think, you know, nothing would really surprise me um, going into this summer. Again, if the Bucks could trade Henson for without taking salary back, um, you know, you would have a lot more uh, cap flexibility to maybe go out and sign some guys. Um, but again, you know, what do, what, how exactly do they view Monroe's future? Um, do they think Monroe's going to opt out and potentially, you know, leave? Then, you know, maybe there's that's an argument for saying, okay, if Greg Monroe leaves, then, hey, maybe we just stick with John Henson and we've got Thon Maker, you know, starting to get minutes at center. Um, didn't play much in these these weekend games, which I'm sure some fans will be disappointed with. Um, but again, you know, like I think they're going to play him, but I just don't know if it's going to be very consistent the rest of the year, just because obviously, you know, now they have even more guys potentially if, mm-hmm. if Hibbert is, is going to play as well, given the, you know, some questions about his injury, uh, his knee problems, maybe he will, maybe he won't play, um, in addition to Hawes. So it's going to be an interesting situation. I don't think both Hawes and, and Hibbert are going to be around past the all-star break. I imagine one of them will get bought out if, um, you know, if they can't move them to a team, maybe uh, looking to get up to the the salary floor. But but that, I forgot to mention that in the the, the uh, trade reaction pod, it is possible there are some teams out there that are not at the salary floor, which isn't really a big deal. But given that much of the season has is already gone, um, you know, it's a little bit of a game teams can play because uh, effectively, if you've got a guy on your roster, even if you don't didn't pay his full year salary, if you've got him on your roster. Um, you can count him towards the cap floor. So it can be financially um, a good thing to pick up. <laughs> Mo Williams. <laughs> Mo Williams, who's been passed around like the uh, the league bicycle um, over the past uh, couple months. So so who knows? Maybe maybe there's a team out there that would, um, you know, again, uh, maybe they wouldn't trade for Roy Hibbert. You know, and again, they're not going to give up anything of value. But um, But who knows if you buy him out, maybe, you know, some other team picks him up off waivers or something, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Thon did come in, knocked down two threes in what, like four minutes or something, and also picked up three fouls against the Nuggets on Thursday yeah. or on uh, on Friday, uh, which was fun to see. Um, he got pretty uh, pretty physical with the Nuggets. He looked yeah. like he got a little a little over engaged maybe, um, and then got pulled in the, in the third quarter. And as we said, Henson. Um, was good in that game. I thought he deserved to to finish it out. Um, and and obviously, you know, I, I don't mind them taking a, a little slow with Thon. I do want to continue to see Thon, to see Thon play. Um, but again, I think the main thing is, you know, get Thon minutes this year. Let him try to get, you know, kind of accustomed to the league. Um, but also, you know, you're going to have to live with some of his mistakes. And that's fine. Um, and, and I think the main thing, though, is this summer, you know, figure out a way so that Thon is is uh is in that rotation next year whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench um i just you know obviously next year would like to see a, a scenario where thon maker is is playing regularly and and you're building on his development so you know okay maybe he doesn't play a ton of minutes in the last couple of games but certainly if if henson's playing the way he has i don't know I, I don't view it as like you know thon has to play 20 minutes every night or it's a waste all right frank we got we got more days to, we don't have a game until wednesday so we got some more time to Maybe unwrap the weekend a little bit more. Talk about Delhi. Talk about Brogdon. Um, maybe talk about Tony Snell a little bit, um, and we can 
Oh, Greg Monroe, too. There's plenty of guys to talk about. Uh, so we'll unwrap some more of this tomorrow. Um, we got Super Bowl parties to go to. And you know what? I'm going to be a little bit selfish and cut us short. So uh, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Frank, um, have, a, have a great night. You too. And shout out to my dad, 77th birthday. You ran three miles today. What? Bucks t- season ticket I holder ran, for 20. 20- Frank, I haven't ran three miles in two years. And- yeah, I know. It's depressing. It's depressing. So shout out to my dad, 25-year Buck season ticket holder. Uh, love you, dad. You got me into basketball, and, and here I am, an old man who still podcasts about the Bucks. So, uh, so thanks, dad. Happy birthday. All right. That's where we're going to end. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.